when you get one sister in the Lord, steps out of her comfort zone because of the joy that God's birthing in her, she becomes a preacher. <laughs> she just gave a shout in the carpet. She just shouted in the carpet. That's very funny. And uh, I think the Lord wants to take us outside of our comfort zones and stretch us. I really do. Um, he did that to me just a couple seconds ago. He said, you're not supposed to preach the message you prepared. There's another message. And he says, I want you to preach what you preach to the young people, but I want you to preach it again. And I, and I don't do that. I don't do that. Um, normally. The title of this thought that the Lord put on my heart was, What Influence Are You Under? What is the influence that you're under? We live in Wisconsin. I've seen drunk people before. Maybe you have too. I know when you're under that kind of an influence, what it looks like. People get kind of relaxed and comfortable. It's how karaoke was birthed. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> dancing in clubs. I'm sure that's how that was birthed too. No man would actually get out there and dance unless they were uh, loosened up. Garrison Keillor says people don't relate unless they're in a dimly lit room under a general anesthetic. I think that's true for most men up north. It's like, what's a good time? Well, let's loosen up and let's get under the influence of comfort and relax. It's downtime. I can't chill unless I have a glass of red wine. If it's not that, then it's the excitement of something new you've not experienced. What influence are you under? I think many people are under vacation influence. I'm on vacation. I've got one friend, his kids call him vacation dad or regular dad. And, and the distinction is on vacation, he's fun and he says yes. Regular dad, he's not, the inference is he's not fun and he says no. That is so unfair, isn't it? And so what influence is that? That's vacation influence. Anybody understand what vacation influence is like? It's like, man, this is, I'm on vacation. I'm going to eat two pieces of cheesecake. It's like, what influence are you under? And uh, so that question really can resonate from a bunch of different places. As a spirit-filled believer, as somebody who's tasted that manifest power of God's presence, and you get, a, you get a familiarity with what that feels like, the joy in God's presence, the peace that comes, that isn't connected to your circumstances. It goes beyond your understanding. Man, that's a good influence to be under, isn't it? You can be under the influence of news that you turn on and negative critical thinking that either comes from your own dark self or from other people and what are you like under that influence you're pessimistic you're probably not fun to be around but under a different influence you're filled with optimism hope creativity all kinds of good stuff what influence are you under What is the motivating force behind competition and backbiting and striving and anxiety? Where's your frustrations come from? Why are you frustrated? Where's depression come from? This is all stuff that should lead us to 
kind of discover what influence are we under. I've asked many people when uh, we talk about things going on in their life and I can sense that there are, there's patterns of thinking, strongholds. And I'll ask them the question, where'd you get that information? I'll ask it a different way. Well, who told you that? And it's the same question that started in the Garden of Eden. What influence are you under? Who told you that, Adam? Who told you that, Eve? We need to ask ourselves today afresh, what influence am I under? There are two sections of Scripture that I want to draw our attention to. First one is Romans 8.14. Romans 8.14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Jesus and the apostles were led by the Spirit of God. Matthew 4.1 says that Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. At what point he was tempted by the devil. Do you remember that? Luke 2.27 says that Jesus was led by the Spirit to go to the temple courts and turn some tables and crack some whips. Luke 4.1 says it a little bit different in another translation. It's like, you know, led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. I love that. Peter was told in Acts 11 how the Spirit led him. It said, the Spirit told me to go with him without hesitation. The Spirit told him that? Yeah. Why? Because people who are led by the Spirit of God are God's kids. This is a distinguishing mark. John 16, 13 says, when the Spirit of truth comes, he's going to guide us. When the Holy Spirit comes and is poured out, He's going to guide us. That's beautiful. Mm. I believe this statement to be very true. You are either under one major influence or another. And the first major influence is that Holy Spirit. Or the other influence is your sinful nature in your flesh. I wish it was a little more complicated than this, but I think it's really that simple. We probably parse that flesh as an influencer into many different categories. Some are more respectable categories than others, but it's still your flesh. Do you follow me? I think we can be under the influence of our flesh, but we've sanitized our flesh, dressed it up, washed it, so that at least it's respectable. And people will tell you, well, you are a good worker. Or you're a driven salesperson. Or you're just doing what makes you feel good and it's not hurting anyone. Or on and on and on. You can say all kinds of stuff, right? It could even be, well, that's what the verse says. It actually says that. So you're just doing what the Bible says. And we can take our flesh and wash it up with scripture and do things quoting scripture that are contrary to
to the Bible. That is the, probably the greatest deception. But Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light. And so the children of God are not just led simply by quoting Scripture. The children of God are distinguished by being led by the Spirit of God. Not flesh, selfish ambition. And the fruits of all of our flesh should be obvious. In the letter to uh, the church in Galatia, it said the fruits of your spirit and my spirit um, should be very apparent. If you're walking and following the Holy Spirit, you're going to have a whole set of fruit that looks one way. But if you're following the fruit or the spirit of your flesh and this world, you're going to have a different fruit about it. Right? What influence are we under? I looked up the definition of influence. And it said to control or move by a power. To control or move by a power. It could be a physical power. It could be a moral power. But you could be controlled and moved by a power. This is influence. What is moving you? What is controlling you? We have an example of a one-time good leader, marked by God, called out, stood head and shoulders above everyone else in stature physically, but also in anointing and calling. His name was Saul. He was the first king of Israel. And yet this man began to feed and allow his flesh to control and move him. And his competition with David, the giant killer, put seeds that produced fruit in his life that destroyed him. It grew to the point where we could read in 1 Samuel 16 that under an evil influence, being influenced by something not of God, he was moved to the point of trying to kill David. Kind of shocking, isn't it? How in the world did that start? How does it start in our life? Little by little. There's a little influence that you allow. This is coming back to sacrifice. This is coming back to a sacrificial love. What do you love more? You either love God or you love you. Remember the very first sermon uh, that I preached in this series of selfishness and sacrifice was, man, self-centered life, self-life, all that. we got to kill that self. That's what we've got to sacrifice. The place of salt slaughter is called the altar. Right here is the visual, the visual representation of where an altar is. This place where you ascribe worth to God. You say, I love God so much that I'm going to kill self. I'm going to sacrifice self-drive and all that other stuff, and I'm going to seek Him first. You put Him first at the exclusion of everything selfish. And when you do that, you're making no provision for the flesh. Romans says it this way in chapter 13, verses 14, make no provision for the flesh. Come on, stop making provision for your flesh. 
Some of you need to get rid of some of that access to internet stuff. Stop making provision for your flesh. Why are you influenced by some of these things? Stop it. And you might not realize you're being moved or controlled, but the fruit should tell you something. If your marriage is struggling, don't check your spouse, check your heart. Look at yourself and say, what am I being moved by? What influence am I under? You might be a self-centered Christian. And you might be quoting scripture and preaching to your spouse and trying to change them so you can have your way. Knock it off. Stop that. And, and change what influence you're under. Man. But that's a sacrifice, isn't it? You're going to feel like you're killing your hopes and dreams. Well, no one's caring about what I care about. You're getting it. You're getting it. That's the point of sacrifice. Where your will crosses with God's will, it creates a cross, and you're supposed to pick that up daily and choose to go with God's will and refuse your will. So even in those situations where you choose, whether apparently or kind of subconsciously, you choose what to follow or to be influenced by, you must be aware and choose to follow God and deny self not making any provision for self. Looking back this week, have you made provision for self? You bet you have. I have. There are times in my week where I don't even realize I'm making provisions for my flesh life and my self life until I begin to see the fruit. Frustration enters. Anxiety enters. Stress enters. Division in my family enters. Uh, uh, dissatisfaction with God or God's things or his presence begins to enter. Criticism of you, criticism of me begin to enter. All of this stuff is fruit of my flesh life. What influence am I under? I want to have the fruit of being led by the Spirit. I want to have the love, the joy, the peace. I want to have this self-control that just comes from the place that God stores up good stuff and just begins to come out of my life. Um, I want to have hope. I want to have optimism. I want to have this sense of uh, a faith that says, that's what God spoke. I want that. I want to have that. How do you get that? You've got to stop allowing flesh to dominate you. So, praise the Lord. On a Wednesday when I share with the youth, I talked about being submitted to another is like being baptized. And when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, they use that word baptism very specifically because you are coming over under the influence of something else that's going to submerge you into a whole new spiritual being. You're going to live differently. The three baptisms being baptized in water for the remission of sins, that's one. And how many of you in this room have been baptized by a minister where they you know, give you a chance to publicly affirm your, your submission to die to self and walk in newness of life. And you do that by submitting to that kind of 
teaching and doctrine and the scripture and the, the whole process of being a part of a body of Christ, which is another baptism, being baptized into the body of Christ. There's two baptisms there, right there, baptized in the body of Christ. The minute you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have been passed from darkness into light. You've been put as an adopted son or daughter right into God's body. Now you're fit into the body of Christ. But then you've got to submit. And we don't like submission. But that submission process to the authority that God institutes, the apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, all these different things. I mean, you've got to submit to these. Why? Because that's the process God has ordained so that we can learn to walk in newness of life. That whole gift is a gift to bless you so you are equipped to be what God wants you to be. But you've got to be baptized into that. But then that third baptism spoken of in Scripture is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. As you are yielded to the Holy Spirit, and you practice that initially by just following Jesus, worshiping Jesus. This is why a lot of times when we talk about, if, you, if you've not had the evidence of speaking in tongues or having that baptism of the Holy Spirit, a lot of times they'll say, just worship God. Just worship God. Begin to focus on the Lord. Stop thinking so much about baptism and start thinking about Jesus and just worship Jesus. Have you ever heard that? And if you're hungry for a baptism in the Holy Spirit, I challenge you first and foremost to fall more in love with Jesus. Don't fall in love with the gift. Don't be a Simon in New Testament where you see the gifts and you just want the gifts. Stop that. Don't chase after the gifts. Chase after the giver. You're going to get more than you'll ever ask for or imagine if you chase after Jesus. And so in times of worship, you just begin to worship the Lord. And there will come a moment where the reality of what Scripture says is true. That Jesus didn't spare his own life. So what good thing would he ever withhold from you? So he is going to give you the Holy Spirit. And all you need to do is receive it in faith. And that faith is like Peter in a boat. You remember the story. Peter was in the boat. And he looks out and he sees what he thinks is Jesus walking on the water. And he says, if it's you, moment of tension right there. If it's you, you tell me to take a step out of this boat. Safety, security. And I'm going to step out of that and I'm going to step onto what is liquid. And there is no solid ground to stand on. But if it's you, I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm going to be able to walk on water. Hadn't been done before. But he's looking at Jesus and he's caught up with Jesus and he says, if it's you, I'll take that step of faith. When you are ready to take that step of faith and receive what God says, I freely give to you. This is so good. You need to hear this, church. You don't work for it. You don't earn it. You don't work for it and earn salvation, do you? You don't work and earn the baptism in the Holy Spirit either. And it's not, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be spotless in your uh, performance as a believer. Come on, if that was the case, then no one would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. No one would work and flow in the gifts. And so if you want that baptism in the Holy Spirit, hear the words of the Lord, let it sink into your heart, get caught up with Jesus, and you will have a, like this inspired sense of faith where you will start taking steps of faith. Now, you won't be walking with your feet. You'll be walking with your lips. You're going to start opening your mouth. You're going to start speaking in other tongues. You're going to start worshiping the Lord with just your spirit and your mind working together in ways that you probably have never 
been bold enough to do before. And what does that look like? It looks like taking a step of faith, getting outside your comfort zone and just stepping into it. And once that happens, you begin to get addicted to following that spirit-led lifestyle. When the spirit begins to stir in you, intercede, you begin to speak in tongues. When the spirit of the Lord begins to stir in you an idea, hey, stop here and I want you to pray with this person. Suddenly, you're getting addicted to following that spirit. The Holy Spirit says, oh, I want to encourage everybody. Really? Right at church? Yes. Step out of the boat. And then you go, I think I, I, I want to share something that would encourage you. And then you share it. And everybody's like, man, that was so God. How in the world does that happen? You start taking steps of faith. In times of worship, you go, man, I just feel like the Lord wants me to do more than I've normally done in worship. Where does that influence come from? That's the Spirit of God. It is not the enemy saying, I would like you to bow in worship. Get thee behind me, Satan. That's not Satan. That's the Spirit of God moving in you. And when you as a man hear that Spirit stirring in you, I think you need to go up there and wave flags with Gary. <laughs> if the Spirit of God is saying that, I'm telling you, that's not the devil going, go up there and wave some flags. And if you in your flesh go, mm-mm, I'm not doing that. You are limiting what the Spirit of God is able to do in your life. Now, that's okay. Don't be condemned about that. But I want to challenge you. Be under the influence of the Spirit of God. Let the Spirit of God lead you. Let the Spirit of God change course in your life. Let the Spirit of God stop you in the middle of an argument with your spouse. You can be that aware of what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing. You'll see it. You'll feel it. You'll just go, oops, something's wrong. Follow that. Man, it's so good. But one of the things that I believe is what we need to look for right now is this. When the Spirit of God begins to move in our generation, we're going to see this. Repentance. Um, one, of, one of my friends... Steve, he's, he's not an official overseer of our church, but he's, he was one of my sponsors going into uh, Ministers Fellowship International. He's a prophet. I first uh, knew him in Albuquerque when I was pastoring there. Um, and uh, man, he's just a sweet man of God. He's an older guy who just loves the Lord. And man, he moves in prophecy. And I was telling Petraea, we were just trying to drift off to sleep. And I said, hey, I got a text message from Steve. He's down at Asbury with his wife, Barbara. And, uh, and he said he waited five hours to get into the balcony of the space because they wouldn't let people under 25 or over 25 on the main floor. They wanted to keep the young people having first access. And so they're up in the balcony. And he said, it took us like five hours to just get in. And then when we're in there, we stayed for six hours. And here's what was noticed in all these things that are going on down there. The kids that were coming back and repenting and stuff, I told the young people this on Wednesday even because this was written about um, by a guy who was just down there and he's a, he's a, he writes for a Charisma magazine. And, uh, and he said, I went down to the altar and I kneeled down to pray and, and then I felt water and I was like, man, there's a water flowing and stuff. And so when he had an opportunity, he asked somebody, he goes, hey, there's some water on the floor and stuff. And he said, I know, isn't that beautiful? And he goes, why? He goes, 
that carpet's wet from all these college kids crying. And I was like, what? The carpet is wet from tears? That just, wow. It just melted my heart. So I'm telling my wife last night, I said, Steve is just so excited. He's just saying, man, God's spirit is moving. There's such an attitude of humility and brokenness and repentance. And remember, the sacrifice God doesn't reject is a broken and a contrite heart. That is what it takes to stop submitting to flesh and submit to the leading of the spirit. You, you have to say, I'm broken. I'm no longer going to follow what I want. I'm going to follow what God wants. And you begin to yield and as you do that, that's a sacrifice. You're killing something. And it's right there. That place where you do it, that's the altar. And when that happens, it happens because the Spirit of God is granting repentance. Like what the Old Testament's prophesied. I will give them a new heart. I will give them a heart that's willing, that wants to turn. And I can't preach a person into repentance. The Holy Spirit moves on hearts and you and I respond. He is a gentleman. He will not make you repent, but he will give you every opportunity and stir you and move you to the right place where you can then yield to God's presence. That can happen at a young age. That can happen at a young age. For me, I remember one time I was at camp in Iowa, northern Iowa, Clear Lake, Iowa, and, uh, and we were at the altar and my aunt was on the organ and she was rocking on that organ. I'm talking, it was charismatic old school stuff. It was awesome. And I'm sitting there at the altar and I have a couple cousins on one side and a couple cousins on the other and some friends. And I was like seven years old and I'm sitting there worshiping. Next thing you know, I wake up and I've been on the floor speaking in tongues for a long time and everybody else is like laid out all over the place. And, and I'm sitting there and my face is covered in tears. What do I have? I'm seven years old. What do I need to cry and repent over? I thought, you know, and, and yet my heart was so heavy that I needed Jesus and, and I was so dirty and all that kind of stuff. And I could feel that at a young age. And, you know, that just wasn't the last time. Multiple times God's spirit begins to move in my life and bring me to places of turning repentance. So I want you to ask yourself today, are you being influenced by the spirit of God to get to a place of turning? Is the Holy Spirit leading you to a place where you repent and turn from something? I'm curious about that. If you're a young person, this is a very important question. God's children are going to be marked by those that feel that leading of the Holy Spirit and they turn and they follow. Will you turn and follow the Holy Spirit today? I want to sing this song, Refiner. And um, it's a beautiful song. It opens up with, if the altar's where you meet us, take me there. Take me there, God. If the altar's where you meet us, the place of sacrifice and slaughter, then take me to that place, Lord. I want to go there. If you're here in this room and you feel that there is a need for a change in your life, start with the Spirit of God. As we sing this, if the Holy Spirit begins to move on your heart, please 
do not dismiss what God is stirring in your heart. I, I ask you to be sensitive to what the Lord might be doing. Don't be quick to rush out of God's presence. Don't be quick to move on to something bigger or better. Be sensitive. What is God wanting of you? Put your own agenda aside for a couple minutes and just see if the Lord is doing something else. I'm looking at our time where really service should be done right now, right? According to uh, visible church posts and what we've stated everywhere, uh, our service is done right now, I think, right? Yep, 10.30. And in 10 minutes, we're going to start uh, prepping for Bible class. And so that in 10.45, we're going to have Bible study in there. We're going to start a second service in here. Um, but can we give God five minutes? Can we say, okay, God, this was my agenda, but you know what? So today you said, don't give me just an hour and 40 minutes. I want you to give me an hour and 45. I want you to give me just a little bit more. Maybe God wants to do something in your life. If the altar If the altar Oh, we're going to be a living sacrifice for you, Jesus. Take it, Jesus. Lord, 
Oh, we just thank you right now, Holy Spirit, for moving in our midst. Lord, we respond to you with a yes and amen. Lord Jesus, you are worthy of every sacrifice laid at this altar today. Lord, we don't want to hold anything back. We give it to you, Lord. We give it to you freely. We say, take it. Use our hands. Use our feet for your glory. Oh, yes. Sing too. Oh. If your glory wants to come in, let it Oh, yes. Oh, set it ablaze. I'll be the living. If your glory wants to come in, let's say it again. Oh, yes.
heaven this morning we've been singing it let's just open up our hearts and our minds to something new this morning that the Lord wants to do in your life let's just open up our hearts and our minds to God doing something new I confess it right now you are the God of the impossible you're the God of the impossible. What is not possible with man, it is possible with you. Praise you, Jesus. Baptizer in the Holy Spirit, Lord Almighty. In this moment, we invite you, Holy Ghost. We invite you, Holy Ghost, to come and fall fresh on each and every sacrifice at the altar. Lord God, come and affirm your presence by moving in this place and moving in our hearts according to your will. Praise you, Jesus. Send the fire on every sacrifice laid at the altar right now. And in Jesus' name, I just speak a fresh wind of the Holy Ghost blowing through your life. Now yield to it in Jesus' name. Say yes to it in Jesus' name. Follow the Holy Spirit's leading in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Let's yield to the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Holy Ghost fire, fill this place. Thank you, Lord. Oh, praise you, Jesus, now. Hallelujah, Lord.
Jesus. I just hear this verse in my mind right now. Acts 3.19 says this. Therefore, repent. Turn. Therefore, repent. Return so that your sins can be wiped away. Thank you, Jesus, for wiping away sins today. Thank you, Jesus, for wiping away sins. Come on, this sacrifice prepares a way for something. It says, so that or in order that times of refreshing, times of renewal. It is not realistic to be in a constant state of hyper crazy, awesome, super spiritual craziness. But don't diminish this truth. There is a time of refreshing that God has for you. There is a time of renewal that God has for you. Someone in this room has been hangry. The Lord spoke this to me while I was on the drums. You got hangry people. That means you are feeling the void and you feel a lack that only God will feel. And you have been walking in angst and anger. If that's you in this room, I don't want you to dismiss that. If that's you, own it right now. Because the Lord called you out. If you have been frustrated with stuff, frustrated with other people, frustrated with you, there is a hangriness in your spirit because you are called to eat from God. And you ain't going to get that filled by chasing after something you devise. You must repent, turn to the living God so that God can bring a time of refreshing to you personally. Man, if you have been that person, you know it because you are dry, you're weary, you don't know how you make it, and you get irritated real easy. Your grace for things has diminished. You have very little grace or tolerance for things. If that's you this morning and you are still resisting God, this is your chance. Just simply yield to what the Lord is asking of you today and lay that at the altar. And so now, Lord, I just ask if this is of you, that times of refreshing would come from your presence. Lord, send times of refreshing from your presence. Send it, Lord. Open up heaven and bring refreshing to people. Just let the Holy Spirit minister in this place. The Lord's your counselor. The Lord's your healer. Lord God Almighty is your deliverer. You don't have to be bound up by things. God wants to set you free in Jesus' name. 
Father God, we just thank you right now that you are so good, that your heart for us is so pure and so good, and we can taste your mercy and your forgiveness, and it's so sweet. We can taste what that feels like right now, a new day, a new beginning, a fresh start because of you. Lord, I pray now that you begin to flood our hearts with that fragrance of your presence, a joy, a freedom. Lord, speak it right now into our lives. Gone is heaviness. There's a new day. There's some freedom. There's some healing. Oh, mama, mama. Man. What's been difficult up till now, suddenly you're going to give strength. You're going to have strength. The Lord says, those that wait on the Lord, renew strength. This is a time of renewal. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, we receive it, God. Oh, we receive it. God's love this morning. Then bought with blood, wholeheartedly. My soul. Oh, let's sing that again. Amazing love.
want you to do something with me in kind of a an application of what the Spirit is stirring up in us. I believe God wants to do something so good in our city and yes. so many churches. Yes. I don't believe it's limited to one place or one church. I believe God wants to pour out more than we want Him to pour out. And I, I think we just need to almost prophetically speak it over our city. And I think you need to prophetically speak it over a family. Don't exclude your own family. I mean, include your family in what God is going to do. And I don't care if you got a cantankerous uncle. God wants to bless that stinker. God wants to bless him so much, the stink is gone. <laughs> I want God to fall in such a way that that crusty old heart just begins to break. And God puts new hearts into people. Cities that are bound up and led on a destruction, a path of destruction. God just does something so good and changes it. And you know what? He gets the glory when he does these good things. I want to see that. Amen. Can we sing this? But I, but I want you to take a few seconds. I want you to think, who are you singing this over? What are you singing this over? <laughs> I might get happy tears. Oh, man, happy tears are good tears, aren't they? Because when God begins to move, and this, this is true, just count it done. You got somebody, you got something that you go, this is what I'm standing on. God is good over this. God's going to do something good over this. You got that? Just stand with me, lift your hands. Let's sing that again.
especial rondo ronde terriacu so I think I gotta sing that right there the who else is worthy high praise yeah, high praise high praise Rich. I was just thinking um, you know when there's a victory there's a celebration and I feel like in the spirit we're pre-celebrating on some levels does that make sense and um, <laughs> you know it's like I feel like that prophet seen the promised rain come, but right now we just see a little cloud. But it's like, oh, the deluge is coming. The flood is coming. So I want to invite you. We're going to see a new wave of God getting glory in Green Bay. And and here's the thing. I'm going to use a, a term that is not natural to my generation. There is going to be no FOMO. You follow me? There's no FOMO. There is no fear of missing out. You know, this is your time of visitation. That means as the Lord comes and visits with us, He's going to do some exchanging. And I want to kiss the Son, as the Old Testament psalmist would say, kiss the Son, lest He be angry with you. And that word kiss means exchange. And actually, it could mean the exchange of weapons and armament. So when God and us come together and he visits us, he exchanges. He takes our ashes and gives us beauty. He takes our depression, gives us joy. He's in exchange. Those are weapons. When you have the joy of the Lord, it's a strength that overcomes all kinds of adversity. When you have a praise, you, the praise, it frustrates the enemy. They start killing each other. Joshaphat knows that. Joshaphat knows that, you know. So... There is a beauty that happens when the Lord visits us. You do not need to fear missing out on this. What we need to do is you need to give your heart permission to begin the celebration now. You've got to tell yourself, self, you get up and you magnify the Lord. You bless the Lord and celebrate the Lord as if your victory is today, not in a year from now. It's coming. You're going to see it. There's going to be breakthrough and you don't get the credit. God gets the credit. So in my heart right now, I feel like we sang this song earlier. Who else is worthy is the bridge right there. Who else is worthy to receive all this glory and honor? We got to give God high praise this morning, but I can't do this on my own. I mean, for me, I feel like I can only bring a little bit of high praise. But then if I partner my high praise with your high praise, maybe we give them a little more multiply that by everybody in this room can can you join the worship team be the worship team can you be the worship team this morning and just celebrate god before we just dismiss and and then this is what i feel this is not ending you are a priest the and imagine yourself like an old testament priest you caught some fire this morning some of you caught some fire this morning you can see it Now carry that in a little censer wherever you go. That's what the Old Testament priests had to do. They carried that around. That's a portable fire. I give you permission to carry a portable fire with you everywhere right now. Keep that. Nurture it. Don't let that fire go out. Don't neglect it. Spend time keeping those coals warm. Let the wind of the Spirit keep them blowing warm, you know. But 
Let's celebrate it. And then you take that sensor of fire home with you today, okay? Man, and I bet, I bet you, how many feel you could prophesy something right now? I'm just curious. Raise your hand if you feel like you could. I know there's, this is so funny. When Spirit of God starts moving, man, something starts bubbling up, you know? So maybe on the way home, you just kidnap somebody and be like, Lord's got a word and I got to share it with somebody. And uh, tell the people at Taco Bell, just tell them, tell them, hey, here's a word. But I want to bring some praise, some high praise to the Lord. Let's do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my praise on. I'm going to go back to the drums. They're going to put me in a cage and, so I can beat stuff. And, uh, but you guys, let's beat the devil. Let's beat the devil this morning and give God praise. God. Well, you know, we normally don't tarry and do this in this way, but I just want to give some instructions um, because this is so cool. Um, I don't expect this to be done in this way um, all the time, but this is a season where I want to expect more. So, so here's, here's some marching orders moving forward. Um, take some freedom, be respectful. Okay, take freedom, but be respectful. Um, there is no room in the presence of the Lord for selfish ambition or a proud motivation. Uh, just be respectful. That's the best way that I could say it. And um, so even if you're not sensing an emotional kind of stirring, I appreciate it. Like right now, there is so much sweet respect in the room. We're, you know, we're curious. We want to know. We're waiting. We just want to see. And sometimes there's seasons of preparatory waiting, preparatory waiting, where you practice like long times of just kind of going, well, I'm here, Lord, I'm here. And you don't give up. Don't give up. Um, when Moses was at the tabernacle of meeting, you remember Aaron was with him. Moses would leave. Aaron would stay. Bible doesn't always say why. I think he was jealous for what Moses was carrying and he wanted more and he just wouldn't give up. So take that attitude. If you don't feel the Lord doing something yet, he's testing you and provoking you to hunger. So hunger for him. Wait, look for him and, um, and maintain that focus until the New Testament analogy is keep knocking until be that pesky neighbor, pesky neighbor that's like, can I borrow? And, and until God says, fine, I'm going to do something amazing in you. You know, just keep knocking and working. And until then, just be sweet and respectful with what the Lord is doing. And know this, if there's mess, so what? 
If there are no oxen in this church, it will be clean and perfect. But we're not like that. We're not like that. I'd much rather have some hardworking oxen in the stall, which requires some cleanup. It requires getting things wrong at times and a little stink. <laughs> it's okay. And, uh, and I just want you to have permission to say, it's okay if Pastor Ben misses it, if somebody in this church misses it a little. God isn't surprised by that. In fact, God uses us in spite of ourselves. And then he gets the glory. And, uh, and so, and I'm okay with that. But if you're not, you might get uncomfortable at times. Because God's house is messy. And uh, so let's seal this time. And what I want you to do is I want you to take what the Lord has begun. And um, let's give him permission to keep moving. Amen. So let's uh, bow our heads. And if you're standing next to somebody, just grab their hands. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. And in your own words, would you just give the Lord permission to move? Just go ahead and tell him. You can say it in your own words, whatever that means. Just give him permission to move. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Would you even take that prayer one step further? Just go ahead and pray it again, but... Give him permission to move using your hands and feet. Would you just tell him that? Say, Lord, here I am. You, can, you have permission to just use me. Just praise you, Jesus. Now, Heavenly Father, we do not put a period where you put a comma. Lord, we allow you to keep speaking. And we say yes to what you are speaking and doing in our hearts. And Lord, we look to all that you are doing. In your name we pray this. Amen. Would you turn and just tell somebody that you love them and you're glad that you're here in service today. And I'm going to dismiss you. You guys are free to go love on each other and just eat food and have a good Sunday. Amen. <laughs>